From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 519 for the week of November 8th, 2015. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by my good friends Michael Bowling, Mary Jo Willie, and Tony Spatel. Coming up on Tuesday, listeners Amanda and Dave return for some last minute trip planning advice. And Tony talks about lunch options for your family for under $40. Good luck, Tony. But right now, it's time for this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. Hey there. Hi there. Ho there. How was everyone's week? Is it raining? Fog? It, snow? It's. It was raining today up in, you know, the, the Diz Studio North. The, the Great Northwest? Yes. <laughs> Um, goodness, it was, I know, it was, it was a nice day today in, in Central California. How about in Southern California, Marja? Sunny. Sunny? Good no rain. Yeah. Yeah. Course, yeah. Well, that's always that way in Southern California, right? Yeah. Right. The, I have to say is, I haven't been here for about three weeks. <laughs> hey, welcome, and we are in California. Yeah, I'm in now, California this time. This time. And there's things about Southern California I'm not a big fan of, now that I've mm-hmm. visited around the country. Right. But then, when I got home... Oh my gosh, this weather is incredible because <laughs> I've been all, I've been everywhere else and thinking, okay, it's kind of cold, it's kind of rainy, and then I went, man, this is the most perfect weather there is. Kind of made me appreciate it. So yeah, the weather's been pretty nice. There you go. Um, heading down this week, I get to check out um, some of the Christmas stuff on Thursday night, and also some of the Season of the Force stuff on Thursday. So um, Season of the Force doesn't start officially until. Monday the 16th, but if you are in the parks on the weekend, 13th, 14th, 15th, for the, for the marathon or something like that, you may want to take a walk by the launch bay or by uh, Hyperspace Mountain to see if it may be in soft open. Just, just a hint. Um, and also watch our YouTube channel um, probably Friday the 13th for some videos from the park. Um, Maybe some on 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 ride videos of Hyperspace Mountain and who knows what else is what else is going on. Um, any housekeeping? I I have a few. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Michael. <laughs> I, I inherited Nancy's because okay, she could be with us tonight. <laughs> yes. So the first one is exciting. If you're a Disney Vacation Club member, beginning Monday, November 9th at the Grand Californian, they are going to start showing Disney films. And the movies are going to occur most Monday evenings until further notice. Um, the doors will open at 7 p.m. Uh, the movie begins at 7.30, and they'll be playing uh, some Disney shorts or cartoons until the film begins. And then they will have a full-length Disney film. Uh, they're going to be held in the Sequoia Ballroom A, B, and C at 
Disney's Grand Californian. And all members need to do is to show a valid DVC membership card. And they can bring along up to four guests with them, making a total of five people in their party. Um, the best part, I think, in this is that attendees will get popcorn um, for free and lemonade and water will be available. This is absolutely free for members and their guests for this event. So something to do on those quiet Mondays um, at Disneyland. And you don't have to be staying at the resort as a DVC member to take advantage, do you? It it does not. That was a question I had, and I didn't get a response. But it does not say you have to be. It just says it's for DVC members. Maybe they forgot that it's Southern California, that <laughs> half the people that are DVC members in Southern California will just drive in and do the free movie. And popcorn. Yeah. And free popcorn. <laughs> So, um, anyway, my other one actually has to do with MouseCon that we have been talking about. That is going to be, it's, they say it's the first annual MouseCon. It is the first, uh, you know, fan convention, Disney fan convention in Northern California. It is November 15th, 2015. It's just as a reminder, it's at the Concord Hilton. At 1970 Diamond Boulevard. Ooh, just like the diamond anniversary of Disneyland. In Concord, California. It begins at 10 a.m. and goes until 5 p.m. Tickets are only at the door for the very reasonable price of $10. And uh, they have a... um, I mentioned a while back the Walt Disney Family Museum is going to have a presence there. And so is the Cartoon Art Museum, which I've always wanted to go to. So I'm glad they're going to be there. Where is um, that so- going to be? Do you know, Michael, where the Cartoon Art Museum is? Oh, it's on, I believe it's on Market Street in San Francisco. I'd have okay, to look it up and fun. see. Or Mission Street. I'd, I'd have to look it up and see. But it's going to be at MouseCon in Concord, at least for a while. Um, anyway, uh, some of the guests they're going to have is Floyd Norman, who is a Disney legend, Disney animator. And uh, his, you can you can learn more about Floyd by going on to his, um, his the Disney Wiki, and he's on there. Tommy Kurt, um, we talked about mm-hmm. before, is going to be there. Margaret Carey, of course. Um, Bill Morrison, who designed a lot of the movie posters in the eighties, Disney movie posters. C. Andrew Nelson. Uh, he has a very long bio that is on here, but the, his big claim to fame in here, he does a lot with LucasArts Entertainment, worked on a lot of uh, visual effects for a variety of films, including Star Wars Episode One and Jurassic Park 3 and, and Star Wars Episode Two and stuff like that, Galaxy Quest. But he is apparently the actor who has portrayed... Uh, Darth Vader longer than any other actor because he has portrayed him in uh, in um the the uh, the games and all oh, that okay. and and also done his voice and stuff so he's going to be there and Jeff Baum who is the founder of doombuggies.com he has written a book on Disney's haunted mansion he's going to be there um Gavin Doyle who has written a book called Disneyland Secrets We'll see about that. <laughs> and um, he also has the Disney Dose, D-O-S-E dot com um, website. Oh, I, I see that website. Yeah, I've been on that website. It's mm-hmm. a fun little website. Friend of the Diz, Don Ballard, who's going to talk about the Disneyland Hotel and its history. And you can hear him do that right here in our archives. And Joshua um, Schaefer, 
who has probably the shortest bio I've ever seen. Um, apparently, he wrote a book, Discovering the Magic King Kingdom Disneyland Vacation Guide. And um, and that's about it <laughs> for him. <laughs> anyway, so the events are at 11 a.m. on the Stromboli stage will be the presentation by Don Ballard on the story of the Disneyland Hotel. And there's going to be something at 11 a.m. on the Tomorrowland Terrace, but they haven't said what it is yet. At 12 o'clock on the Stromboli stage is Take a Ride with Theme Parkology. If you're not familiar with them, they I don't know how they arranged this, but they've done documentaries on a lot of um, the Disney attractions and also eras on, on like Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom and Disney World and all that. And so uh, some of them are pretty good and they have a lot of good interviews on them. So that, that could, that'll be interesting. One o'clock on the Stromboli stage is a spotlight on Disney legend Floyd Norman. He is always great to listen to. Um, if you're not interested in that on the Tomorrowland Terrace at one, they're going to be, you can join a fun group of cosplayers as they do a Q&A dressed in full caricature from the animated film Big Hero 6. I'm really not too sure what to make of that. Um, yeah. It, <laughs> I, I, so because you dress up as a character, now you're a panel that I want to ask questions. <laughs> I, I know there has, there has to be more to this. You know, I, I, I because I'm gonna I'm gonna out. start dressing up as it's, Spider-Man. It's only, it's only ten dollars. Come on. Okay, ten bucks. I'll do it for five. Tony Spatel dressed up as Spider-Man will answer questions about what it's like to dress up as Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, I, I'm Hey, they they have an opening on the Tomorrowland stage okay, yeah. in the morning. I, Maybe you could fill in. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm stopped. I'm stopped a lot by the police. Um, <laughs> I've only been arrested four times. <laughs> um, two o'clock on the Stromboli stage is the spotlight on Disney legend Tommy Kirk. I have heard him speak. That I think that's a not to be missed. Unless you want to learn about Disneyland secrets, then that's also at two o'clock on the Tomorrowland Terrace, a grand tour of Disneyland's hidden details. And three o'clock on the Stromboli stage. This is going to be tough for a lot of people, I think. There is a spotlight on Disney legend Margaret Carey who, again, is a terrific storyteller, but also on the, the Tomorrowland Terrace, The Secrets Behind the Haunted Mansion, and hosted by Jeff Baum. And um, I think I'm going to go to that, because we're going to, on the next 60 years of Disneyland, you know, that's what we're going to be talking about. You can also, Tony, you can dress, yeah. there's Disney cosplay, you can dress in your favorite Disney costume. You know, you okay. saw that Tinkerbell one. And, <laughs> and um, you can I'm win sure prizes. I'm sure it doesn't fit anymore. Well, maybe you can go with slutty Tinkerbell then. And <laughs> okay. Can... <laughs> I'll see you guys next week. I'm done. <laughs> and you can win prizes in there, and there's more rules about that on their website. <laughs> They're going to have a Disney mini museum. They'll have some rare and cool Disney collectibles. There's going to be an exhibitor and dealer room because we Disney fans like to buy things. So anyway, so I think this is going to sound good. And boy, for 10 bucks, it looks like you get a lot. So I know um, I plan to be there. Carol's going to be there. I know there's a number of Dizzers that are that listen nice. to the show that are going to be there. So um, look for my I hope to see you all there. Yeah, and we will have a link to their website in our show notes. Oh, and finally, um, a listener to the show, a Dizzer who goes to the Walt Disney Family Museum, Cynthia, she has a ticket for that she gave me um, to to donate to someone who listens to the podcast um, to this week's 
presentation. That's November 14th, Saturday. It's a talk at the Museum, Contemporary Character Animation and Classic Techniques with James um, Baxter. He's going to talk about how Technicolor, the multi-plane camera, and all that contributed to Ooh. the advancement of animators, but they still kept to the basic principles of animation in drawing their characters. Talked about how these principles are used by the nine old men and how they are used today. Um, Dave Baxter, he, st he worked on some of our most favorite films, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, The Little Mermaid, uh, Beauty and the Beast, Rescuers Down Under. Then he moved over to DreamWorks, He's worked on Prince of Egypt, Spirits, Dying of the Cimarron, Shrek 2, and he's, um, and he's, he's worked on Disney's Enchanted, and now he's, um, he's now back as a supervising animator at DreamWorks. So if you are interested in this ticket, free of charge, thanks to Cynthia, please just send me an email, like in the next 24 hours, telling me you'd like it, and give me your um, name and address, and I'll mail you the ticket. Uh, Michael at WDWinfo.com. <gasps> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and before we get any further into housekeeping, I want to say hello to all our friends listening on Mixler. Uh, listen live every week with us, uh, every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Pacific, and listen and chat with your other Diz friends. It's always a good time. Never know what somebody's going to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't expecting that one. Yeah, no, right. Um, just want to remind everybody, uh, this is from our friends at Give Kids a World. Giving Tuesday is coming up on December 1st, which is the first Tuesday after Thanksgiving. Um, and on that day, any donations to Give Kids a World will be doubled or will be matched. So um, we'll we'll post links when that gets closer, but just kind of put that on your calendar. Giving Tuesday is December 1st. Um, let's see, other housekeeping. I just want to throw this out. Charles Phoenix, our, our, our friend that um, does lots of history and fun things around Southern California, is going to be on the Food Network starting tomorrow um, on... A show called Cake Wars. This is a Christmas version of Cake Wars, and he's going to be a judge on on the show. So, um, I was wondering if he was going to do his his uh, pie and a cake. Yeah, I don't, yeah, no, he's 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 a judge this time. But um, it the, it premieres tomorrow. So the first episode premieres tomorrow, uh, or November 9th on Food Network. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, any other housekeeping? I just have a quick little Go fun ahead. one. Yeah. Um, and maybe we can have a link in our show notes, but they have a, the Disneyland site has a counting down the holidays of the Disneyland resort. Mm -hmm. So they have some fun numbers in there. I'm not going to read them all, but just like one of the trivia notes is more than 19,000 poinsettia plants and 22,600 feet of greenery decorate the Disneyland resort for the holidays. And they have a whole bunch of numbers at the, at both parks and um, downtown Disney and hotels. So. I sent the link to you, Tom, if you want to include it okay. for some fun trivia. Very cool. Yeah, just simple. Um, has anybody seen the rumor? I've only seen this once, um, that the Cove Bar is going to be expanding. Did anybody else see that rumor? No. Okay. I'll, I'll have to keep looking and see if we can find more. more How would uh, it expand? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, the restaurant is downstairs, right? Maybe to like where the gazebo is, where they usually have Donald. 
Yeah, maybe. I can see it. Oh, yeah, I could, yeah, it could go out yeah. that. It could yeah. go out that way. Yeah, you're true. That's true. Yeah, because yeah. there's usually that's where the queue is to get in there mm-hmm. for the, you know, the what do they have? Five tables. For yeah, exactly. Three hundred people. people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Oh, to follow up, Cartoon Art Museum. It because Bay Area Mike said, didn't that close its doors? And you know, I remember thinking, hey, I read something about that. Yes, the physical Cartoon Art Museum has closed its doors and is seeking a new location. So maybe we will find out more at MouseCon. There you go. Any other housekeeping? Um, If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at dlpodcast at wdwinfo.com. And be sure to check out www.dizunplug.com for uh, links to our show and anything we talk about. I have a really quick one go ahead um thank you to the people who write to us we received a really nice email from simon in new zealand Mm -hmm. who went to um to the disneyland resort and and he stalked me oh no not pardon me stalked me yeah he did but there's another one yeah there was but anyway simon yeah Yeah. oh shoot i don't see it There was another nice email that we got. There was another nice email that we got where um, a listener had gone and and he listened to some of the information that we provided. So thank you to those of you who write to us. We all read them and we appreciate the feedback. Oh, this is it. It was um, Paul from Pennsylvania. There you go. You could you found and it quicker. He wrote than us a very nice note. Yeah. Pennsylvania Paul. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Very cool. So thank you. All right. Time for this week's news. Let's start with the story that Tony has. Knott's Berry Farm. Mm. They hey. again continue. Pass to, me a leg. Yes, and they continue to <laughs> they continue continue to remind everyone that you don't have to get a second mortgage to go to their to, <laughs> to their yes. theme park, and they're continuing to plus it, as we like to say. So, in 2016, Ghost Town's going to celebrate its 75th anniversary wow. with two offerings next summer. In addition, a complete restoration of the Mrs. Knott's Chicken Dinner Restaurant is already currently underway and is going to reopen in spring 2016. So, let's see what's happening in Ghost Town. Centerpiece of summer 2016 is the interactive entertainment experience Ghost Town Alive, which immerses guests in new stories and adventures in the familiar town of Calico. Ghost Town Alive will allow guests young and young at heart to live the West through inventive new ways to interact with characters and environments as each day a different story will unfold through all of Ghost Town. Guests play an active role in shaping the events of the day. I'm going to digress. That sounds like what they were doing in, like, exactly like they were doing in Frontierland. Yeah. Uh, construction is currently underway on a new Calico stage, which will open across the train tracks from its current location in the area Screamin' Swing, formerly o- occupied. The stage, themed after an old abandoned mine, will feature an all-new show coming up summer of 2016. And Ghost Rider is returning from its nine-month restoration with all-new trains that will gallop along over 4,500 feet of new wooden track. Since September 2015, work has been, they've been working on it. And they combined with Great Coasters International to reprofile, as I'm sure a coaster enthusiast would know what that means, um, (laughs) 
and a complete wooden retracking of the entire 4,533 feet foot long track. All of the coaster trains will be replaced with the new state-of-the-art Millennium Flyer trains designed to look like mining cars, each with gold, silver, or copper accents. And the mid-course brake run will be removed, allowing riders to enjoy a relentless ride from the moment the train descends the first 108 feet. Drop to the moment it returns to the station's new smooth brake run. I'm interested to see how it's going to run because it's a wooden track. It's a wooden roller coaster, but it sounds like they're going to make it not so rickety. Hopefully. Is it, it was very rickety. Is this the new thing? To, like, make, because I know Colossus, they were doing that, where uh-huh. you've got wood, but you're making it metal. Yeah, I don't, well, I, I, they didn't I, say anything about making this metal, though. So. Okay, so I'm just curious when they talk about magnets. Oh, okay. No, that's the breaking. Breaking. Oh, see, this is okay. There's a lot of engineering going on here. Yeah. And, just... and I think something happened, because I used to be able to ride that roller coaster and, and had lots of fun. And the last time I rode it with Tom's wife, Christy... I ended up with such a huge headache from being jostled around so much. Um, so I'm, for once, I, I'm not going to say anything about older or anything like that, but I'm glad that they're going to make it into a smoother ride. So I think it's a lot rougher now than it was when I wrote it, gosh, let's say 10 years ago. Okay. But now they've got it fixed. So we're going to have to write it and find out. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll be there in a couple of weeks, so... I don't think I'll, it's open yet. Yeah, it's not, not, not yeah, open yet. It's not open yet, now. Well, gosh darn it, I'll have to go back <laughs> when, my, when I renew my pass. Yeah, there you go. Now, in terms of Mrs. Knott's Chicken Dinner Restaurant, <clears throat> it's closing on January 4th, which means the lines are going to be long now until January 4th, but it's not closing for that long, actually. So when I first saw this story about it closing, I thought, oh, that's huge. That's kind of... There's people who just go there for that. And I love telling a story about how my dad and my mom and I and my brother, I got to include him, we drove up just to go from San Diego, just to go to the Knott's Chicken Dinner restaurant and went right back home. And that's one of my favorite memories. I'll keep it all together. Anyways, so, um, (laughs) but just that's what the chicken dinner place is. You drive up from San Diego to get it. So anyways, the restaurant's closing on January 4th and reopening in spring 2016. The project will refresh and preserve the original tea room dining room and then upgrade other areas throughout the restaurant's dining area. So they're going to renovate all the furniture, flooring, lighting, and decor. The large dining room to the right of the main entrance will be remodeled with a look inspired by Mrs. Knott's chicken, excuse me, kitchen pantry. And the room will be adorned with a potbelly stove, nods to, with nods to Cordelia's home kitchen. The main dining room, accessible from the courtyard entrance, will be divided into two smaller dining rooms with a theme inspired by farmhouse motifs. For the first time, a new outdoor seating area on the restaurant's north side, and help me with directions, Tom, you know I have no idea where the restaurant's north (laughs) side is, um, will allow guests to dine al fresco with beautiful and unique views of the Marketplace Fountain, the theme park's ghost town, and the newly restored Ghost Rider. Is that? I think that's the side where people usually queue up to go into the restaurant when they have a long line. Is that where you go in to go to the brunch? I think where the bathrooms are. No. Which which side did it say? North side. That makes no sense because Ghost Rider's south of the yeah, restaurant. the north side is facing the parking lot. <clears throat> well, no, right, the... it's that it's that like boardwalk in front of the restaurant. I'm trying well, to think, or is it the no, side that, between? No, that would be 
That would be the 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 the, the, the east, east side, side yeah. right? West side faces the park. East side would face the 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 road. Okay, so north is. I was right. It's, it's north where people usually line up to get yeah. into the restaurant. Yeah. Okay. North side would be like the little pathway between. Between the restaurant and, yeah. and the, um, the gift shop stores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Finally, mm-hmm. the restaurant will feature a new welcoming lobby area where, where diners who provide a cell phone number will be sent a text message when their table is ready. I do like that because that's a long uh-huh. line. Yeah. A lot, but here's the real reason because I have to be that guy. Allowing more time and flexibility to explore the Knott's Marketplace. Cha-ching. Mm-hmm. Or to grab a drink around the restaurant's new full-service bar, Cha-Ching, wow. which will replace the restaurant's garden room. And it's the garden. Bo- boysenberry martini, anyone? Yeah. I was just thinking that the boysenberry daiquiris, <laughs> there you, go. you know, uh, so and a bo- and a nice boysenberry ale. Yes. <laughs> so they're going to get rid of that little garden area on the way to the restrooms. I'm thinking right where the fountain is. Well, it says no. The restaurant's garden room. I'm interpreting the garden room as that kind of out, like outdoorsy patio enclosed room. Yeah, where... they have like a little fountain in there, like a, okay. Like a little but that's if and... it's like really crowded. That's people eating there. Yeah. So that, I always thought that was kind of a. It didn't. It was kind of not nice. And I do think the restaurant really needed to be redone. Yes, it does. Because the quality of the food, well, the the historical quality of the food and what it stands for doesn't match the quality of the building anymore. Yeah. So I do like all of this stuff. I'm not a big fan of the big gun. And while they do that, they're ha- offering those turkey dinners to take home on Thanksgiving, so... It's going to be interesting. Well, and uh, the good news is the 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 counter service is still open, right, Tony? I think so. Yeah, you can still get the you can get, still get chicken dinners to go, even when this even when the restaurant's closed. So, there you go, Knott's Berry Farm, and they're not raising I, their price for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, that interactive thing. I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of locals that have annual passes for Knott's Berry Farm, and so I'm sure that's the catering to them. But that's not something I would really be interested in, actually. With the restaurant? No, no, no. The interactive game thing in Ghost Town. Oh, I their Ghost Town is so nice, though. I'm really glad that they're doing something. Yeah, yeah. Now, if they would only fix up their holiday um, craft fair, that would be. <laughs> I re- that just reminded me. Did I do that in fifth grade? When I was a teacher, we went a lot of schools. I don't know if they still do it. You went to Ghost Town, and they would show you historically what it was like back then. And I remember, I think, man, I wonder what happened to that little horseshoe. But like the class, of course, as a teacher, so I get the swag. And they make a horseshoe like for you, like a little middle mini one. And oh, at the blacksmith. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and then of course we ran on the long well, ride. I- I guess we have to have something, you know, Boston will go to the North Church and to Paul Revere's house. We have not very far yeah. Ghost Town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. History of California <laughs> in an amusement park. Yes. That's how, how we will. All right. Thank you, Tony. Uh, a little closer to the Disneyland Resort, Mary Jo. Well, this comes from the Orange County Register where they report that yet another hotel is going up in, the Anah- in Anaheim near the Disneyland Resort. Currently, um, the Anaheim Plaza Hotel and Suites is there, which is considered to be one of the Harbor Boulevard hotels within walking distance from the Disneyland Resort, located at Harbor Boulevard and Disney Way. 
The plan is to demolish this hotel and build a luxury hotel on the site. The developer Good Hope International is taking advantage of the city subsidy that will mm-hmm. help pay for the project. <laughs> hey, you know, why not? I, yeah, I, they've been having this. Yeah. Construction is expected to begin next year, and the hotel will have 580 rooms and will stand over 78 feet tall. There will also be retail shops and 50,000 square feet of meeting space. The site will be on 8.8 acres of land, which in comparison to Hojo is 7 acres of land. So a little bit lo- larger than that. It's expected to open in 2018, and it wow. should cost more than $160 million to build a hotel. Um, I think they paid $47 million to purchase the existing hotel, so that's quite a bit of investment. Yeah. Um, it's going to be financed in large part by 70% return on the bed taxes. You know how when you go to the hotel and they tell you $70 a night, but then they add three different taxes on to yes. it? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, the, the hotel is getting a kickback, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is part of the incentive plan to build hotels that meet the AAA guideline for four diamond ratings. The parent company also owns the Annabella Hotel in Anaheim. Mm, okay. The plan still needs to be approved by Anaheim's Planning Commission, which should happen in spring of 2016, and then the City of Council will need to approve the plan. The current hotel has 300 rooms, so we're looking at an increase of 280 rooms at that site. The Anaheim Plaza Hotel was originally built in 1960, and at that time it was the Charter House Hotel and has been called different things, um, probably also in addition to Anaheim Plaza. At this time, only the Disneyland Hotel and the Grand California Hotels are AAA 4 Diamond rated, although the Marriott Hotel being built at the nearby Garden Walk Mall will also be a 4 Diamond Hotel. Mm-hmm. This is fun. part of a multi-year... Pardon me? Yeah, th- that's the one on the other side of the... Because this one's going to be... Close to Garden Walk, then, and the Marriott's gonna be on the other side of Garden Walk. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of, kind of. Garden Walk is gonna be sandwiched between yeah. these two properties, yeah. I think, right? Yeah. Um, this is part of a multi-year plan that has been underway to build up and improve lodging in Anaheim to retain tourists in the area. Nearby Santa Ana is also looking at similar incentive incentives. Although I don't know what. Whoa, well, uh, what Santa Ana train station? Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Um, hmm. I'll keep my mouth. I know, right? Santa Ana, really the <laughs> bad. Sorry, the bad part of town for Orange County. Like, why would... Uh, well, I think they're looking for a two-star hotel, two diamonds. <laughs> wow, that was Mary Jo who said that, not me. No. Yes, I'm not in no, trouble. I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. Oh, no, you're not. You said it. I didn't. I was thinking Santa it. Santa Annans emailed Mary Jo. But, but they do have a really nice train depot over there. Yes, as you're passing. Oh, um, well, then. <laughs> that changes everything. <laughs> okay, so why... I can't think of anything else. Why are... Okay, I'm... This is Tony Bitter, Bitter Tony. I'm just letting you know. Okay, so more high-end hotels. Mm-hmm. And less moderate price. Yes, and so, and more high-end, and more high-end cus- customers, and I just, I, I, I am happy that they're improving the hotels, and I'm sure that the, for, if it was, and I'd probably be happier if it was a, an official Disney hotel, even though it would be just as expensive, but, and that I can kind of let it go, but I don't know. I'm just I'm happy because they need to clean up some stuff and make it nicer. However, it's it's the whole push to get everything pricey. I think. I yeah, but if if there are another 784 whatever it is high end rooms, it, will that lower, lower the other? Uh, that's true. It could lower the other ones because the people that are staying. Well, I think the competition is going to really um, 
be affected yeah. is going to affect the prices. Did, that did they say? Did, I'm sorry. Did they say this was going to be part of a chain or just a independent hotel? They, they did not say that it's going to be part of a chain. Okay. They, in fact, they said that um, they haven't said the brand yet okay. of hotel. Okay. So that hasn't been released. Gotcha. Probably after approval. Right. Beginning of of. Uh, 2016, we'll hear more about it, yeah. but they're keeping things hush-hush um, okay. until then. But personally, I think that Anaheim is a nice central area when when visiting because, you know, you figure people come, let's say they come out for a week or a little bit more. They only have five days at Disneyland, but it doesn't have to be consecutive. And the five freeways close by, and from there you can get to the 405 or the 91. You can go to Los Angeles. You can go to San Diego, Legoland. And then come back to the to Anaheim. So as a central spot, it's really not bad. And they're, and they're really building up these areas to be nice in the Garden Walk, and you know, with knots also um, fixing. Get, you know, for the seventy fifth anniversary, right. getting fixed up and stuff like that. We're looking at some fun fun stuff happening in the next few years. It's a long time to have. Uh, what did they say? How? When did they say it was going to be open? 2018 so we're looking Ooh, that's three long. well we're at the end of 2015. imagine how expensive passes are going to be then yeah i know right <laughs> that's a long time well course, they're not going to be they're not going to be able to start until mid 2016 if they haven't but, gotten approval yeah, yet that's when they're going to start building yeah, okay. 2016 then it's going to take a year to it, to, i mean it seems like the hotels look are, at the hotels this, they seem to be going up fairly quickly though but look at look how the hotels now right we're getting reports that you know, they let's say they said that they would be open in September, and people are being told that well, they're not going to meet their September yeah, date. Yeah. They looking at October and stuff. So it's it's the the developers might or the planners might hope that they open up sooner than they can, but yeah. realistically, you know, with things the way they are. Yeah. And then look at the cost of the Disneyland and the Cal- Grand California. We're looking at what five hundred to seven hundred dollars a night. At, at some at the Grand California Hotel, these these rooms are going to be a lot less, and and you're talking deluxe resort type settings. So very cool. I mean, Anaheim yeah. Plaza could use some. Remind me where Anaheim but... Plaza is. It's kind of across. I guess the I could use that from... thing called Google. I'll find it. Yeah, yeah, you can. Is it across the street from the Ramada Main Gate? Just on the other side yeah. of Disneyland. Remind Boy. me where the Ramada Mae is. <laughs> okay. It's at the end. Okay, you know where. No, I'm old. joking. Captain Kids. It's a, okay, near Captain Park. Kids. I do know where that is. No, uh, the the, oh. the the driveway that goes in behind through through behind California Adventure. Um, let's see what's what's on that corner. You it, said that's the Ramada Plaza. The old entr- yeah. Go ahead. It's it's the back <laughs> corner of of Garden Walk. Like behind the movie theater or the or the bowling alley. I'm on maps. I can see it. Okay, Thank you got you. it. All right. Okay. You're right. It is kind of by the. It is near Ramada and yeah. High Main Gate of the Park. Yeah. I, yeah, I know what I'm talking about, dude. Wow, Mary Jo's got an attitude tonight. <laughs> I'm just trying to be. Uh, I'm just trying to help the listeners save a few dollars once in a while. It's it, oh, I, mean, I see your strategy. It's a popular good, good job, Tony. It's a popular hotel, but I've never I I've had one good stay, one horrible stay there, and one okay stay there. So, and it's not a good. It's not a good neighbor it's hotel. Not a good neighbor hotel. So, that says a lot for, to me. Right. Exactly. Exactly. 
All right, thank you, folks. That's the news. Time for rapid fire. Let's start with me. All right. Um, it's the most <laughs> wonderful. What? I can start with me. It's the most wonderful time of the year <laughs> as Six Flags Magic Mountain celebrates holly- holiday in the park, featuring thrilling rides, tasty treats, and exciting family entertainment for the holiday season. And theirs actually starts after Thanksgiving. Uh, from November 27th to January 3rd, the park is transformed into a winter wonderland with thousands of colorful lights, carolers performing classic Yuletide favorites, and personalized meet and greets with Santa and his helpers. The Six Flags Plaza area will transform into a kaleidoscope of lights featuring hand- hundreds of thousands of lights on trees, buildings, and attractions. An array of water and lights will create a one-of-a-kind holiday tree in the fountain area, while carolers welcome guests as they enter their magical scene. A holiday show featuring contemporary music and dancing will be spotlighted on the full throttle stage. Crafts and spiced-up holiday treats will be the focal point in the Winter Wonderland Mining Town area of the park, and a classic Santa Claus visiting area will anchor this picture-perfect setting uh, we'll anchor this picture-perfect setting. DC Universe will feature a dazzling spectacle of light show featuring contemporary holiday music set to one of the largest programmed light shows on the West Coast with millions of lights, with millions of lighting variations programming using programmed using tens of thousands of lights of winter. Um, Enjoy all of the wonderful aromas of the season while satisfying your appetite and quenching your thirst with hot chocolate, cider, custom fudge, holiday-inspired funnel cake flavors, and many other traditional favorites. What's custom fudge? I know. I was just trying to figure that one that out. I don't know. Maybe it's... Deco- Is it like homemade fudge? Yeah, maybe with, with like packaged? candy canes on it. and or, Yeah, I don't know. So, that is... Christmas you eat it at, and it's like a roller coaster in your stomach. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's what's happening at Six Flags Magic Mountain this holiday season. Um, Michael. Well, you know, being of British heritage, you know, my two favorite pastimes are gardening and looking up exciting new way to ma- prepare Brussels sprouts. <laughs> so <laughs> goes without saying that my favorite holiday parade, of course, is always the Rose Parade because it combines flowers and parade floats that where they can decorate them with Brussels sprouts. And this year it's even more exciting because the Disneyland Resort is going to have a big float in the Rose Parade. Um, this year's parade theme is Find Your Adventure. And adventure is something you find on every visit to Disneyland, of course. And so... This is going to be a huge float. It's going to be three different floats connected by these lovely magical bridges. Of course, on the first float, I bet I don't even have to tell you the theme of that first float. It's our friends from Arendelle. Yes, uh, it's all. The, it's going to be the world of Frozen. Who no way. M- music, stories, and characters delight children of all ages at Disney California Adventure Park. So they're going to have Elsa's ice castle there, and they're going to have Anna, Elsa, Olaf, and Kristoff on the float. Let's hope it's a warm day and Kristoff. Fi- I mean, um, Olaf finally finds oh. out what happens to snow, oh. and then on the middle float. <laughs> is uh is the diamond castle 
with uh, and it, with um, Mickey and Minnie on the float and all kinds of beautiful flowers and Donald and Goofy and you know all of our favorite characters are on there and then jump into hyperspace because on the third float it's Star Wars land with um, stormtroopers and Darth Vader and maybe there's even an Ewok or two. So uh, anyway, and there's gonna they're gonna have a Tie Fighter and, and the Millennium Falcon. Is there a movie coming so, out or something? Or yeah, anything? yes. Frozen goes to to Tatooine. Hoth. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's even better. So anyway, so um, so you know, watch the Rose Prey January first, twenty sixteen on Guess Which Station? All of them. ABC. Oh. Yeah, it's on all of them, but it's it's um, in Pasadena. And take a look at what I'm sure is going to be a dazzling Disneyland Rose Parade float. Very cool. Thank you, Michael. Uh, is is um, New Year's Day going to be on a Sunday this year? No, it's on a Friday. It's on a Friday. Okay. So I know on, when it is when ABC. I thought it was Saturday. I'm going to look it up. On the calendar. <laughs> I'm looking at the calendar. Unless, unless my iPhone is wrong, it says January 1st is on a Friday. January 1st is on okay. a Friday. Um, so if you watch the Rose Parade on ABC, will it just be a constant shot of the Disneyland flow? Yes. The entire three hours will just follow oh, it? That's right. That's right. The special guests of, from ABC yeah. uh, shows. Uh, all right. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Mary Jo. The next wave of uh, pins have come out. These are the 2015 Hidden Mickey pins. And so they have the Mad Tea Party teacups. The Daughters of King Triton, which is not usually seen in the park. So that's going to be something new. I was looking at the pins and I was like, I don't recognize these princesses. And then I read Daughters of King Triton. It's like, no wonder I didn't. What are their names again? Daughters? Sing the song for us. I know, right? The Daughters of King Triton is a thing? Yeah, they're in the movie. They're in the movie for like 30 seconds. For 30 seconds, and now they're pins. Yeah. yeah. There's a whole song about them where their names are announced. Yeah. I just eat. Sorry, I don't have I, I have no <laughs> knowledge. They're cute. <laughs> but anyway, so, and they have hidden Mickeys on them. And then they have the Disneyland Resort Diamond Celebration Attractions, which has that, that the diamond with uh, an attraction over it. So for Tomorrowland, they've got the rocket. Uh, then they have the train. For um, they have the Utopia, Jungle Cruise, and the Main Street Horse Cart, which I really like, which is cool. And then they have the Disneyland Resort Diamond Celebration characters with, I think it's Meriwether, Tinkerbell, Ariel, Wendy, and I think it's um, Slewfoot Sue. I can't figure who that character is if it's not Slewfoot Sue. And then they have the Mardi Gras characters, which is Mickey, Chip and Dale, Stitch, which is adorable, Pluto, and Minnie. And then they have the chaser pins. If, and if you guys don't know what the chaser pins are, those are the silver pins that look like some of the other pins, but they're just silver. So they have a teacup. They have Stitch, all in silver with the hidden Mickey, the Tomorrowland um, Mission Rocket, Tinkerbell, and... Um, one of the daughters from Triton. I won't tell you which one. <laughs> so. Aquara, Adrina, Arista, Atina, Adela, Alana. Okay. 
You're reading that because if, yeah. if you know that that, that <laughs> no, would, no no that no no no, I'd be proud of you I as a producer of a podcast. You I, should I, know. I knew I knew one of them was Alana because it's named after Alan Menken. But other than that, I yeah, that's cool. Oh. I didn't know that. Nice trivia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that, anyway, these pins is that are a out, stage so... name. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's his drag name, but. <laughs> no awe. It's okay. Mary Jo, don't judge. I just messed with you. I'm just. <laughs> okay, Mr. Mencken, anyway. if you're listening, that's Tom. At- what? <laughs> Where were we? So, anyway, the pins are yeah, there you go. Thank you. Oh, we're still talking about and pins. Yes. So, about that rose parade. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mary Jo, are you done? Yes, I am. Okay, know. cool. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Mary Jo. Uh, Tony. Santa Claus is coming to downtown Disney. Woo. Join Santa and his elves at Catal Restaurant in downtown Disney. Fun-filled family event, including family-style breakfast, activities for the children, carolers, elves, ice skating, and, of course, the best part, Santa. So breakfast with, with Santa We'll make the holidays come to life as soon as you walk through the door. Guests will be greeted by Charles Dickens carolers, then escorted to their tables by Santa's little helpers. <laughs> as families away, that made Tom giggle. We found Tom's soft spot. Santa's little helpers made him <laughs> giggle. All right. As families. He's thinking of the Simpsons dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as families await Santa's arrival, they will enjoy Cattell's customized breakfast. Customized. Is that the new word in food? We had customized fudge, and now a customized breakfast menu. And the children will have tableside activities, including building their own ornaments. Once Santa makes his grand entrance, his elves will take each table one by one to visit Santa. I'm kind of liking the whole not waiting in line thing going. And yeah. share their Christmas wish list. But the fun doesn't stop there. After breakfast, guests will have the option of taking their family to Olaf's Frozen Ice Rink, downtown's Disney's <laughs> outdoor ice rink. So... The if you want to go and look for uh, more information, it's patinagroup.com backslash Catal. And then I went to the site and it's going to have anything in the Patina Group, not even just Downtown Disney events there. But um, it says the menu is there, but it's not. Uh, Breakfast with Santa, though, is December 12th, 13th, 19th and 20th and 21st. Uh, their seating's at 9 and 11 a.m. Adults are $60. Children are $27. Uh, two years and younger are free. Price includes sales tax and gratuity. Price includes breakfast, the children's activities, ice skating at Olaf's Ice Skating Rink, Devin Disney, and pictures with Santa. I actually have to say this is not that – this is actually a decent deal. You're getting the breakfast. You're getting Santa. You're getting to go to the ice skating rink and not have to pay for that. And you're – while the kids are, you're eating while the kids are making ornaments, and you don't, and then you don't have to wait in a line in a mall for sixty bucks for an adult. I don't think this is a as expensive as Disney things go. This right. is not. This actually seems like God. I can't believe I'm saying it, a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you don't think it's a good deal, Tom? I'm not saying it's a great deal. No, but no, I mean, but, but when you compare it to say Goofy's Kitchen for forty or forty-five, yeah, okay, Goofy's Kitchen's forty forty-five, but you're not getting to make an ornament, 
Right. You're, not you're not getting, getting Santa. You're not getting, you're not getting. You're not getting the ice skating that would be an yeah. add-on, and you're not getting the. I don't have to wait in a mall. A mall line for Santa. Right. Well, anyways, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, if you go to this and you pay to talk to Santa, does that increase your chances of getting what you? Yeah. Ask yes, for? it actually <laughs> says it's kind of like the old things that we used to do with the Pope. So it says here, if you pay a hundred dollars, Santa guarantees you're going to get the gift. Fifty, <laughs> you get fifty percent chance. Twenty-five dollars, it's a one in four <laughs> shot. So yeah, that's you do. You pay so you gotta, for the odds. Yes, you got to do the whole like, handshake thing with Santa. Yeah, with the twenty dollar. Twenty dollar bill. Yeah, the twenty dollar bill, and then Santa gives it to you. There you go. Oh my goodness! All right, uh, did I get everybody? Yeah, okay, that's good. All right, rapid fire is done. Michael, did you want to talk about that other thing you were you were? Oh yeah, sure. We have a yeah, few I. Okay, yeah, I I had a really great D twenty three experience on November sixth. I joined a few D twenty three members at the Walt Disney Studio for a tour of the Animation Research Library, which um, it, it's really rare for the public to get in there. Um, I'm going to call it the ARL from now on because that's it's just too long a thing. And the ARL is where uh, Walt Disney Animation keeps all the artwork for its animated features, like the animators test drawings sketches concept artwork storyboard art cells maquettes and and even more than that and this used to be referred to as the morgue but the interesting thing is how it got its name the arl don Hahn gave it to him because when he got his first job there when he was young he was very excited but didn't want to tell his family he worked in the morgue because it sounded a little too morbid. So he came up with the name, the Walt Disney Animation Research Library for his family, and the name stuck. Um, the morgue, if you've ever done a tour of the studio, the morgue used to be located in an old tunnel on the studio lot on the north side of Ink and Paint. And no effort was made to house the artwork than to preserve it. Art was just kept in envelopes. And in 1989, these archives were moved to more modern facilities for preservation, and they renamed it the ARL. So the artwork is preserved, uh, not only because it's the company's history, but because it's frequently used by animators, filmmakers, and imagineers as reference for projects that they are working on. Um, so... The way the tour worked is we first met at the Hyperion Bungalow at the Walt Disney Studio, and then we were bussed over to the ARL. And we were told this is the same route that Walt Disney used to take when he was traveling over to Imagineering. Um, I don't know whether that's true or not, but um, the ARL is in the same vicinity as Imagineering. Um, Near the front door of the ARL is a mailbox bearing the address of a well-known home on Cherry Tree Lane. Hmm. And then we went into the lobby, and this is the only place we were allowed to take photos. Um, in the corner was the front desk, next to it is a piano, and then there's this large mural from floor to ceiling of Alice in Wonderland falling down the rabbit hole on the wall. On some overstuffed chairs and sofas were throw pillows stitched with reproduction of Mary Blair's artwork from Peter Pan and Alice in Wonderland that had been sold in an exhibition in Japan. And um, uh, there was an old animator's desk in a corner, and I posted some of these um, yesterday on on um, Instagram and Twitter and, and Facebook. There was a large photo of a young Walt Disney on another wall, a display case with figurines of Disney characters, and um, some even um, Earl uh, 
uh, artwork on the wall, which is beautiful. He did the backgrounds for Sleeping Beauty. Um, research manager Fox Carney was our host, and he guided us through several of the vaults. Our first stop was the collections area. And so on this big, long table, um, there was uh, there were cast members standing behind it, all wearing white gloves for the protection of the artwork. And they had displayed on the table for us uh, original artwork by that Mary Blair did for Peter Pan and Alice in Wonderland. Uh, they had this detailed layered backgrounds that Ivan Earl created for Sleeping Beauty. And then my favorite, they had this lush, impressionistic forest backgrounds that Tyrus Wong created for Bambi. Uh, I was stunned that all of this was just laying right out there for anyone to, to sneeze on or something. I mean, it was amazing. And now I understood why they wouldn't let me have my pen in order to take notes, because you know how I like to take notes. But they said if you dropped the pen, it would leave a permanent mark. So then we had wow. a choice of several places to visit. Um, there were two vaults available. Um, the vaults are where the physical artwork, such as sketches, storyboards, drawings, cells, and maquettes are stored. And these vaults are amazing. They're each climate-controlled with a temperature of around 59 to 60 degrees. Humidity is kept at 40 to 50 percent. Each roll is labeled, rows labeled with the name of the film housed on the shelves. Um, the artwork is stored in museum quality archive boxes. And some boxes may contain only one piece of art, whilst others may contain so many pieces they have a heavy warning sticker on them. And so throughout much of the day, the cast members in the vaults are retrieving artwork that's been requested for reference or for digital conversion, or they're receiving artwork for archiving. And some films take up several of these long, long rows of, um, uh, of shelving. And so in these vaults, um, artwork used for attractions in an international park was laid out, along with more artwork from Sleeping Beauty. And we toured another vault housing maquettes, which are the small models made for animators to use as a three-dimensional reference for their drawings. So we saw maquettes for Roger Rabbit, Hercules. For Fantasia, they had the character maquettes, but they also had uh, the maquettes of the orchestra players. And I asked, well, why did they have those? And if you remember, in Fantasia, they would sometimes show... Um, almost like silhouettes of the orchestra, you know, where you don't really see them, but it's almost like you see colored shadows of them. Well, they had to do so much filming of that that it would go after hours. Well, they weren't able to pay the musicians overtime, so they created maquettes. And so when you think you're actually seeing these shadows in, in abstract colors of the orchestra, it's really all these maquettes that you're looking at. Um, they also had maquettes for the Rescuers, 101 Dalmatians, Pocahontas, and more. Uh, they even had puppets used in the stop-motion films Nightmare Before Christmas and Frankenweenie. Um, the early maquettes were made from plaster of Paris, and they're deteriorating, so they're trying to preserve them as best they can. Um, but all of today's maquettes are made from resin. And then next we went to the animation lab, and here's where they had uh, model layouts for different, like some exhibitions, like there was a Disney art exhibition in Japan on Mickey Mouse, and they had the whole museum layout there, and of where all the art was going to hang. And they also had an office layout for a Disney executive, 
and how it was going to be designed and where the artwork would be. Um, and then the animation building, which is the building with the, you know, the big Sorcerer Mickey hat, um, that's currently being remodeled. And so they had some of the layout and artwork that is going to go, um, you know, inside the animation building. And so Fox told me that the ARL is currently working with the, has worked with the Disney Museum on um, the Snow White exhibit that I talked about in my, I think my first time I was ever with um, the show. And they're currently working with the museum on their spring exhibit on Pinocchio. And they had all these museum exhibition posters scattered around the lab that they had um, worked on. And it looks like Japan gets all the cool Disney art exhibitions. <laughs> I mean, they, they, there, was, there must have been a half a dozen posters. And then a short walk through another corridor and some doors led to the digital lab. And this is where the artwork is digitized and made available online through the GEMS program, G-E-M-S. So any cast member of ARL, Disney Animation, or Disney Studio can access GEMS. And so the technicians there explain the exacting process of scanning the art to maintain its um, color and clarity. And they have to be precise because they scan by sequences. So they may scan a particular sequence from Sleeping Beauty. And that seemed to be the example of the day in this. And then upload it to GEMS. And then they might not scan the sequence that follows it until months later. So they have to be precise in how the sequences are scanned so no one can tell um, that the sequences were scanned at different times. Um, having these sequences online allows animators working on a character to quickly pull up a character from another film and see how the Nine Old Men animated that character so they can get ideas for the projects they're working on. Um, in fact, I saw a presentation on Saturday at the Walt Disney Family Museum by Ed, Eric Goldberg, and he was talking about the animators who inspired the Nine Old Men, and he could show examples of their sketches um, and and how they moved, almost like going through a, a digital flipbook by showing scenes that had been digitized of their work at the ARL. And and we got to watch a number of scenes from Alice in Wonderland that and um, uh, Get a Horse and a few others, Dumbo. Um, that were all from the original sketches of the animators and how it looked as if, um, but it looked like it, they, they were moving like the film. Mm. And, and along the corridors, they have amazing artwork as well, like, um, artwork from storyboards and concept work and all that. That they had the whole scene laid out, the transformation scene from Cinderella showing how the dress scene that, you know, that Mark Davis, designed um he he animated and then the special effects of the you know the twinkle um, that was animated by someone else and how it was all put together i mean it was great and then we finally had to return to the walt disney studio and they had some nice hot appetizers out for us and we went back to the hyperion building and there waiting for us was disney legend and animator andreas deja and he talked about how he got interested in animation after seeing The Jungle Book when he was 10 years old, how he met one of the nine old men, Les Clark, who became his mentor, and he shared advice on how to become an animator. Then, and I've seen him do this before, I've seen him several times at the Walt Disney Family Museum, he then began to speak about his characters as he drew them. 
And it was amazing. He drew like his, King Triton, Gaston, Jafar, and Tigger. And he talked all about their character design, uh, challenges the characters presented, stories about the whole creative process in the film. And if you ever have a chance to hear Andreas Deja speak, you know, jump on it. He's entertaining, he's gracious, but he's passionate about his work, and he's deeply appreciative of the Disney legacy that he's carrying on. And then as a gift, at the end, we received a sketch of Lilo from Lilo and Stitch with a torch in her hand, writing Scar. And it's... Um, <laughs> And Scar so, so does, random. I I know. And Scar does not look happy. But <laughs> Andreas Deja wanted to create something really unique. <laughs> that, for that would be it. This event, it was it. And and he had autographed each of them. And so then we had the opportunity to leave the studio or go to the studio store for a little shopping. Mm-hmm. You probably know which I did. <laughs> and this whole experience was three and a half hours, and wow. the cost was two hundred dollars. But you know, when you consider how rare it is for the right. public to go inside the ARL, the opportunity to be at the studio, you, know, you had the food, uh, the experience of being in a really small group with Andreas Deja, and then receiving a piece of art that was unique to this experience. How, how big I was really, how big was the group, Michael? Um, they broke us up into two groups. I would say it was maybe um. Two groups of about 30, okay. 30, 30 to 40. And um, they broke us up so that one group met with Andreas first at the Hyperion building, and then we were bussed over to ARL. And I sort of liked that way better. And then, then as we were leaving ARL, the group that had been with Andreas mm-hmm. was entering it, and then we went and spoke with Andreas. Met with Andreas, and I liked that because after we saw and heard about how everything was, um, you know, was stored and preserved, and how they're digitalizing it, digitizing it, it was neat then to see how it was all created and hear how it was all created. So I really think this is well worth the price. So if you're a D twenty three member and this comes up again, um, you know, really try to try to try to do it if you can. And all the cast members were fantastic. The D23 cast members as well as the ARL cast members. They were great. Very cool. All right. Thank you, Michael. Hey, thank you, team. That is going to do it for the segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.